Hello and welcome to the Guru Show. It is me, Joe Neil Zecker. So, as I announced yesterday, I am now going to be doing a weekly podcast every Sunday, and this is the first episode. Um, yeah, basically, I'll tell you a bit myself. Obviously, if you knew me before this podcast, you knew that I did a YouTube channel. Um, I started that, I think, in 2012. Uh, my first Chelsea video was um, after the FA Cup. Uh, final when we beat Liverpool and then didn't do many after that and then when we signed Eden Hazard I made one and then I just basically carried on from there and um, yeah it it did get a bit of traction Um, I think it did really well Um, I quit it in 2014-15 season I think and I've dabbled here or there um, but obviously with commitments with work and obviously having a family and stuff now it's just been quite difficult to find the time to uh, keep up with it so that's why the one day when I was uh, traveling to work um, I was listening to Spotify or one of the adverts and um, Anchor was being advertised and uh, the first thing it said do you have the gift, gift of gab and I thought yep, this could be something I'm gonna have a little dabble in and um yeah just pondered on it for a little bit and then I thought you know what I'll give it a go but I didn't just want to be doing one about football um I watch pretty much every sport my it drives my wife crazy and so I thought you know what instead of it just being about football I am going to do that I'm going to talk about all sorts I'm going to be talking about the UFC I'm going to be talking about uh Formula One football rugby cricket you name it I'm pretty certain it'd be on this podcast and uh yeah um i know a lot of you are going to be here for my uh, opinion on chelsea and the premier league and trust me um i ain't gonna lie to you it will probably be dominated by uh by football but as i said there will be plenty of other things in there um as of today i'll be talking about um like I said, the Premier League, Chelsea. We'll be talking about Leon Edwards last night in the UFC. Very disappointing return for him after, I think it was like 15 months out, if I'm correct. And um, obviously, he had the big fight that um, got poured out. And then since then, he had this one. And it was pretty much certain that if he was going to get the victory, that he would have um, ended up getting him a title shot against Usman but um, like I said we'll get into that a bit later on but I will start with my thoughts on Chelsea because I do feel like a lot of people are here for that reason so um, yeah obviously since the last time I've done YouTube a lot of things have changed at Chelsea the main one and the obvious one being Frank Lampard is no longer Chelsea manager and we have Thomas Tuchel and um, yeah when it happened I know a lot of Chelsea fans are split between... There was never really no middle ground. It was, yes, he had to go. And B, no, we should have stuck with him. If I'm honest, I was more towards the I think he had to go category. Frank Lampard is and always will be a Chelsea legend. um, Top goal scorer for the club. His playing career is second to none. Arguably, him and John Terry, well, it's not arguably those two, between because it's, it's one of those two. It's just which one you pick, either John Terry or Frank Lampard, to be our greatest ever player. And I just think that a lot of Chelsea fans, they, they wanted to believe in the dream, in 
the fairy tale that Frank Lampard would come back to Chelsea Football Club and make us this dominant force. He would lead us for the next 10 years. And when you pull it on paper, it was beautiful. And a lot of Chelsea fans, including myself, we just loved, loved the idea of it. It was poetic. It was just everything. And it was just a lot of Chelsea fans with their Chelsea blue blinkers on. As I said, including myself, we saw that. We loved that. But in reality, I think it just came too soon for Frank Lampard. I think that he, if he would have come five, five years, six years into his man, um, career as a manager, it probably would have been a different scenario. And I would like to put that idea out to Chelsea fans. Frank's obviously still young. In terms of manager, as a manager, he's a baby, really. He's just starting to find his feet. He's starting to find out what works, his playing style, what he thinks might work, but what actually doesn't work. I wouldn't be surprised in my lifetime, in all of our lifetimes, probably within the next 10 years, that we don't see Frank Lampard as Chelsea manager again. I just think that with a bit more experience, a bit more time to craft in home what he sees as his style of football, I, I, I do see him somewhere down the line as Chelsea manager. I just think it came way too quick, way too soon. And I think that it just caught up with us, if I'm honest. It looked good. He managed to get us... Champions League football last season with a transfer ban and it just looked you know with the signings that we were making bringing in people like Timo Werner Kai Havertz Thiago Silva these were players and positions and you know it it did look like it was going to be a, a real big season for us and ultimately we are still in that top four battle at this moment in time Arsenal are just about to beat Spurs, which means they can't go above us into top four. I think Leicester are uh, four points clearer than us, maybe a bit more, I ain't too sure. But this season started off fantastically. And it's weird how it's a great run, a loss, and now a great run. But the difference is it's two different managers. And it's two different managers in what I would say different periods of their career I think Lampard was young vibrant and, and had ideas of what he thinks would work but now we got Thomas Tuchel who has his philosophy the way that he knows works a lot of people may say and I have said it as well that to judge a man off of what he done at, Q, um, at PSG it, it, it is difficult because it isn't the hardest of leagues. However, we'll say, look at Poch at the moment. He's gone over there and they haven't gone on some unbeaten record. I think they're second at the moment and they probably will be, you know, creeping back up and I would be surprised if they don't bloody win um, win their league. But he got them to a Champions League final last season and if it weren't for um, an Mbappe, people called it a sitter. I wouldn't say it was a sitter, but he had a good opportunity. They could have done something to uh, Bayern Munich, but let's be honest, that Bayern Munich team is sensational. But you're looking at Thomas Tuchel, like I said, a manager that knows what works, 
an idea of what he wants you to do, how he wants you to play, and he will play that no matter what. And that's what he's doing right now at Chelsea. We have our style, high line, back, back three, all that sort of stuff. And he's now trying to feel like what players he has to fit that style. Now, I think with Chelsea, we're under Frank Lampard, where we did go wrong, is that I honestly... It was quite hard, especially in our bad periods, to think what Lampard wanted these players to do, how he wanted us to be. The the first big problem for me under Frank Lampard, especially pretty much all of it, to be honest, because it weren't just this season, but we did lead goals under him. And a lot of people put that down to Kepa. And even though I do think that he did play a big part in that, we brought in Mendy, who's had a real good season, and we still leaked goals. And it was in games where, you know, you shouldn't be conceding goals in. It was against, like, the middle or bottom half teams. Um, quickly poised. A quick pause now. As it stands, Chelsea, we are in fourth. We're three points behind Manchester United, who have a game in hand. Five behind uh, Leicester, who have uh, no games in hand, but they're five points ahead of us. West Ham have two games in hand over us and they're on 48 points. So if they win and then win again, they will go above us into the top four. So hopefully that'll end up as a draw and we keep Man United quite close and we keep West Ham below us. But yeah, where was I? Back to Frank Lampard. I just think that he was just not really sure who was his starting lineup. We We changed that team way too much. You know, in my opinion, if, you look at all the great teams. I've said this before in my videos. You pick all the best teams in the world over the past 20 years. Most of those players picked themselves. You knew who was going to be in the, Man the great Manchester United team. You knew who was going to be the midfield of the great Manchester United teams. You knew who was going to be the back four of the great Chelsea teams or the invincibles of Arsenal. You knew what you, knew what you was going to be getting. Frank just didn't have that core, that foundation that they, you know, that a great team needs. I thought that he was forming it, if I'm honest, with, um, you know, bringing through the young players like Reese James. I thought he was going to be, and Mason, mate, obviously, and all these players. I thought he was trying to build a core of the young youth and then add to it with world-class players like Timo Werner and stuff like that. It just didn't work out the way it was. And I said it, it just made it to a point where you just didn't really know where a result was going to come from. And ultimately, Frank just didn't have the experience, the know-how, just the game plan at that point to get us out of that slum. And then you fast forward and you've got Thomas Tuchel who... It's kind of flipped it on it on its head. Under Frank Lampard, we scored goals, we leaked goals. Under Tuchel, we're very strong defensively. I can't. We've conceded one goal from eight players scored by an opposition, and that was against Southampton with Minamino. And you know, but it seems to be we can't seem to score, and I don't know if that's because the way that he may train is that he wants. Maybe it's easier to figure out his defensive tactics till his attacking tactics. And I want to take you back to when we had um, Maurizio Sarri. It was the same sort of thing. Um, it was 
the Sarri ball didn't really click straight away. It was very boring, quite repetitive, quite not quite lethargic play. And it was just pass, 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 move, pass, move, pass, move. But then if you remember towards the end of the Sarri season, when it did click and the players did want to see how he wanted us to attack, it was a thing of beauty. And, you know, I think that game we beat Arsenal in that Europa League final, I think that showed that tenfold how quick through the transition a high a fast a much we passed I think it just took a bit longer for it to click and I think that's the same sort of thing that we're going to experience under Tuchel I think we're going to be very strong defensively we're going to be organized but I think it may take this season and hopefully at the start and a, a proper pre-season I'm not quite sure how that's working with 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 COVID-19 and that if there's going to be a full pre-season I don't I don't know COVID's fucked everything up and I don't know if, where, where we start or where we end. But sometime, hopefully, in the beginning of the season, you will start to see how we will be, you know, moving forward. And hopefully, things will click more. Maybe he'll know who fits where and maybe bring some players in, let some players go. And I think that is where you'll see probably the best of Chelsea under Thomas Tuchel. I think this season for him is about results. I think he thought, which is what will get me these results now? Will it be them playing my attacking style of football or will it be us being hard to break down and nicking the 1-0? And I think the quickest way, in my opinion anyway, to get those those results and to get us in that top four is strong defensively and nick the 1 or 2 nils. And I think that's why he's gone this way. But I think with a full season, a full pre-season, knowing more about the squad, I think you'll see Chelsea next season being better attacking as well as being defensively strong. So it is very interesting. And I think that is the reason why, at this moment in time, I think it was the right decision for Chelsea to let Frank Lampard go. Like I said, the dream would have been Frank Lampard for the next 20 odd years being our manager us dominating English football winning the Champions League under Frank Lampard and you never know in the world of football stranger things have happened that may still happen like I said Frank is still very young Chelsea brought back Mourinho they might bring Frank back and I wouldn't be surprised so like I said the dream may still be there but at this moment in time, in 2021, it just was not the right time. And do I blame Frank for taking the job? Absolutely not. Do I blame Chelsea for giving him the job? Absolutely not. As I said, I just think it was the wrong time. He'd done fantastic in that first season. We've got to give him the credit that he deserves for what he'd done in that season. But I think when push come to shove and times got hard and we were down in the trenches and we needed to be pulled back up he just didn't have that knowledge because you know if you look when he played for Chelsea when have we ever really been in that slum you know and maybe he needs to be in a, another team a championship team or a lower half of Premier League team where they're in those slums and he can figure out and he can work out what would work when things are not going your way and like I said I wouldn't be surprised if in the future he does end up back at Chelsea because he's obviously a smart football man and he's young 
and he could get there. That Celtic job's available. I think that screams Lampard all over it. And I'm not just saying it for the fairy tale of him versus Gerrard, Celtic versus Rangers, even though that makes a fantastic story. I just think at this moment in time, it's a good job. It's a good league to learn your trade. Brendan Rodgers went there after Liverpool, honed his craft even more after his Liverpool spell. And then he's doing a fantastic job at Leicester. It could work. And it'd be, I said, I think it's a real good job, that Celtic job for Frank Lampard. And hopefully he gets it. So, yeah, um, going on to a bit about yesterday's result. wasn't ideal. Um, when you're playing against teams in that bottom half of the table you want to be winning but playing Leeds away at Helen Road with the fans or not with the fans it would always be a hard place to go to a nil-nil under Frank earlier in the season around that November time we would have lost that game I think Edward Mendy had an absolute screamer of a match saved us the points in that game and um, yeah I think that you can see where he wants to go where I would you know see I would stick with Kai Havertz as the number nine I think that you know, that, that works. Um, I think Akim Ziyech, he's well off. I just don't know how he's going to fit into this two-call system. However, I will say he has a fantastic left foot and he can change the game in, you know, in, in a split second if he gets the ball on that left foot. So, you know, I'm not running in Dane. First season, we'll see how it goes. Um, Pulisic played a right midfield, uh, no, right wing back. He had a decent game at the start of the first half. He played well. I still like Callum Hudson-Odoi in that position. I think he is direct play. I love watching Callum Hudson-Odoi play. I think he's fantastic. The way that he attacks that byline, he tries to whip it in. Um, just gives a certain different... Um, he's better on that left-hand side cutting in, but... He can cut in, dart forward, kind of mention the doy. More he plays for Chelsea, the better. Um, but yeah, overall, it was disappointing to only get the draw, but thankfully, results have gone favor, uh, gone in our favour the past couple of days, and we should, if West Ham don't win today, finish in that, uh, stay in that top four, and hopefully things will go. Um, I was asked the question about who I'd bring in um, in the summer, and pretty much. If you've got any questions, by the way, go and follow me at Twitter. Um, it's easiest. Joe Neil Zeka 91, I think. And um, if you've got me on Twitter, go over there and ask me as many questions as you want. Or on here, I don't know the posts and stuff work like that. Um, obviously, Holland. I'll see why I want Holland. I think that he will be... Um, whoever manages to get him... Holland. Sorry, I always get it wrong. Whoever gets Holland, I think, will be... Fantastic signing if whoever gets him. I'd love him at Chelsea, but I do think top four is a must if we're going to get a player like that and it is going to be a proper scrappy fight. But, you know, we're undefeated. You can say what you want. I think it's undefeated in 12, but, you know, there's a few draws in there, but things are going pretty all right. So um, we're going to keep it as that. And, uh, yeah, overall, um, job too soon for Frank Lampard. And I think two calls the right appointments was going to be interesting. Um, I just want to say as well, the Arsenal game has just finished and it is 2-1 to Arsenal. Although Lamella scored an absolute beautiful goal. Um, and uh, I think Arsenal, they're a teacher around. I think next season they'll be better. Um, I just think that it's again I don't know where they're going to go when they're not going to be you know investing in big time players I think you need to get one or two big time players in that team and uh, I don't see where they're going to be 
getting that from. So yeah, um, that's my thoughts on Chelsea and our position in the Premier League and what I think about Frank Lampard and all that. Um, so yeah, now I want to quickly switch over to the UFC. Um, just give you some thoughts on that. Um, yeah, um, Leon Edwards last night. Um, I didn't stay up to watch the fight. I watched it after. But um, it was going to be interesting because, like I said, I thought that if Leon Edwards did get a big performance, he would probably be next in line after uh, Masvidal to be in um, the title picture against Usman. And, um, yeah, obviously it didn't go. It was a horrible way to uh, end the fight. Real anticlimactic. Um, an eye poke, which was a bit of a um, bit of a shock, if you ask me. Like... Uh, there's this big talk in UFC about how they can switch up with the gloves and stuff like that. And um, for me, I think that they need to sort something out. You know, it's obviously been something that's been going around for a while now, well, for a long, long time. There's been other ideas, you know, of I think it's a glove that's fully cupped over your fingers. Um, that was an idea. But, uh, yeah, um, I, f I feel disappointed for Leon Edwards. I think he would have won the fight. He had um, Mohamed Real uh, hurt after a head kick. And I think it was going to be a matter of time before he did win it. Um, by the way, I'm not saying it was like an Aljamain Sterling fake boy, Mohammed. It was a, a proper, proper gauge. But, um, yeah, it was just disappointing. And, um, like I said, to be one fight away from a title shot and for that to be the way the fight ended, obviously it would be very disappointing for Leon Edwards. Um, I think he's too small for Usman, if I'm honest. I just think it's crazy when I watch... Uh, Kamaru Usman of how big he is uh, I know he's a while to wait but I reckon that he could probably go and do some damage up at middleweight obviously he said he won't do that because of Anasanya being over there but he's a big dude man for a, for a 170 guy um, I just think he looks real big and I think he would overpower um, Leon Edwards I think he would just wrestle him I think he would just sit on it uh, he would just lie on him for the old 25 minutes and just stink the place out with a draw um on the flip side, I think Masvidal, I think that's probably, he's he's very good off the, off his back. And I think that will be interesting to see the second time round. I'm not one of these fan Pete fans. I am a Masvidal fan, but I'm not one of these people that think that the only reason why he lost that fight was because of the seven days notice. I think Usman is very underrated in terms of GOAT status. I think that with a few more victories, some big, big names on his thing. And maybe if Anasanya does make the jump up to light heavyweight and stay there, obviously he lost his fight to Bohovic. So obviously he dropped back down, but maybe over time he moved back up. And that does leave the opportunity for Usman to then go up to middleweight. I think a run at middleweight, a few big more scouts at, um, at welterweight, maybe getting that rematch against Colby, beating Colby again. And then maybe I said beat Mazadar, Leon Edwards, um, Wonderboy Thompson. Let's get some. Let's get him in that fucking octagon against uh, Usman. I'd like to see that too. Um, he's the only one that Usman out beating the top ten. So a few more wins at welterweight, a run at middleweight, and I think he's got a real, real good claim to be up there in the goat conversation. I've, I said I think because of his style, he's slightly underrated because he he's such. A dominant force to, um, wrestling wise but he is real good on his feet as well and I think that the more I think a fight against Masvidal will show that because he's obviously a stand up guy and if Usman does decide to want to stand up and trade with him and show that I think it'd be good but he has such great wrestling that he, he don't need to it all depends 
does he want to prove something? Because if he wants to prove he got hands, Masvidal is the perfect opponent for him. Because George is good in bursts. Would he be able to do 25 minutes on the feet against someone who's got such a fast pace and pressure as Anusma? Um, yeah, man, it'd be an interesting fight. And uh, everyone wants to see the Colby rematch. That was a great first fight. I had Colby uh, winning that one before the uh, before the the uh, the knockout. But you know, that's the, the way UFC goes. Things happens like that, and uh, that's what happened. But um, yeah, um, yeah. Back to Leon Edwards. Um, it, real disappointing. He said he wants the title shot next. I I can't see him getting it. I reckon that they'll run it back. Um, the same. I think they've run that back and then go from there. But um, yeah, this point I think it was like 15 months out because of COVID and injuries and stuff like that. And yeah, so it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, so that's my bit on um, UFC. Obviously, the last thing I want to quickly say is um, Engano versus Stipe too. That's going to be an absolute hell of a fight. I can't wait. I hope that it might seem funny because I like Stipe, but I hope that. I hope that he gets caught by Engano, and then they both stand up. I think that Stipe has a clear way to win that fight, and that is wrestle. But I think if he gets hit hard by Engano, you know, things could be very interesting in that one. So I can't wait for that, and I'll be obviously talking about that on this podcast, and uh, that's a good one. So now I want to quickly switch over to the Formula One um, to finish off. Basically, yeah, I've been watching the uh, testing. You got the same thing of um, Mercedes apparently in trouble, and then miraculously, by the time they get to the first race of the season, that car will be f- absolutely flying and probably win every single session going up to the first. Basically, it's always hard because there's always something going wrong at Mercedes, but yet they always seem to bloody win. Um, I'm not one of these fans that think that Hamilton needs to go to bring excitement back to the sport. I just think that Mercedes needs to not be so dominant. I think uh, it's not about who's driving that car. And I think George Russell showed that at the end of uh, last season when he managed to get into uh, the t- into the Mercedes when um, Hamilton had COVID. And it's so hard because Hamilton has so many accolades and I think he deserves them. He's obviously a fantastic driver and no one can question that. I think the work that he done when he was at McLaren stands for itself. I think what he'd done at Mercedes stands for itself. However... The fact in the hybrid era that that car has been so dominant, it's very hard to say that someone like a Hamilton tops Schumacher. And I still don't think, even if Hamilton was to get his 8th world title and go over Schumacher, I still honestly don't really see how people could claim him to be the greatest of all time when his car was so head and shoulders above the rest. And yes, there was periods in um, Schumacher's Ferrari reign where that car was a dominant force but he won the thing at um, Benetton then obviously he went over to Ferrari and that car wasn't straight away a, a winner he took the he took a punt to go over there kind of what Hamilton done at uh, Mercedes but the car was never as dominant as it was as this Mercedes car and it's, um, yeah um, Ferrari not Again, not looking too great. It's going to be interesting to see where they're going to finish. I think they're obviously going to be in that battle for third. Um, Daniel Ricciardo over at McLaren now with that new Mercedes engine in that car. I think he's going to be... I think he's going to be in and amongst it. Going maybe fighting... 
in around that top five. Um, obviously, Fernando Alonso back. That's going to be interesting to see how that goes. I think this season's very, very interesting. I still don't see anyone winning the world title other than probably Lewis Hamilton or maybe Bottas because I think Mercedes, again, will end up being head and shoulders above the rest. But I think it's 2022 when all the new big regulations go. And I think it speaks volumes, really, that Hamilton's only signed a one-year contract. I think he knows that next season and then season after this season, when all the regulations change again, that Mercedes car ain't going to be the big dominant force. And I think that he may switch. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see him driving a Ferrari, to be honest, because uh, they're going to be coming hard with these new regulations because, you know, where they are right now just don't sit well with the big with the big with the big ballers over at Ferrari like the big henchmen they want to be winning titles not fighting for third and um in the construction so that's going to be interesting Red Bull did look strong uh Max Verstappen won the uh last um was quickest in the uh the last session of testing so that's going to be interesting to see how he comes along with that and then um yeah boxing last night there were some good fights um chocolatino lost again i think he did didn't he yeah and uh, yeah so that's that um before i finish off i just want to quickly say thanks for watching um unfortunately the world of sport did lose two icons uh this week in their own rights the first one murray walker the legendary absolute icon of formula one the voice of formula one he is pretty much anyone that started formula one he's the first voice you ever heard on the commentary and um he is, like I said, the voice of the sport. There's only so many people, like you've got Sid Waddell in darts, like he's the voice of darts. He's, you know, you think of darts, you think of Sid Waddell, and that's what Murray Walker was. And then the marvellous Mar Marvin Hagler in boxing passed away. In probably the most exciting fight of all time still to this day, it was pure violence. Boxing in its purest form, two guys in that ring, just slugging it out, giving it, everything they had that fight for as long as it did if you want to show boxing to the to you know the general public to get an exciting about boxing or you want to show it in this purest form that's the fight you go out and get you go and show them Hagler Hearns and you say this is what two blokes going out giving it all they have blood sweat and tears everything on there you know willing to leave it in there leave on their shield that is the fight so uh rest in peace to those two I said polar opposite sports but in their separate fields icons in their own rights and um the world of sport will gradually uh will massively miss them and uh yeah so this is the first episode um it's really just going to be a catch-up um what's happening really in the uh in the week um I've pretty much done this off the top of my head, if I'm honest. I just added a little few bullet points in my head that I wanted to talk about. And um, I wanted to get the chassis stuff out of the way first, if that gets said, because a lot of people will want to know my opinion on chassis. And then starting from next week, it'll be more about, you know, broad, broadly, because you're going to have the Champions League matches, you're going to have the, Prem, uh, the FA Cup matches, there's boxing on next week as well, and then... The week after that, I think you've got Dylan White and you've also um, against Povetkin. That rematch, which is going to be fantastic. And then um, you've got Engano versus Stipe. So, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed it. This is the first episode of many. Um, I want to say thanks for checking it out. If you've made it to the end, thank you. Go follow me over at Twitter at JoeNeilZecca91. And until next time, 
I'll speak to you again soon. So, uh, yeah, cheers for watching, and I'll speak to you again soon. Bye.